0: Poor workers, good news to you, I'll tell how the good old union has come in here to dwell.
1: A battle in the heart of Alabama caught her attention
3: You're listening to Alabama's only union talk radio show, The Valley Labor
2: Report, with Adam Keller and Jacob Morrison.
1: Hello, Tennessee Valley. This is The Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison, here with my co host and fellow agitator, Adam Keller. We are broadcasting live online and on the radio from the heart of the Tennessee Valley, the Spice Radio Studio in Huntsville, Alabama. Today, the southern workers who make 54% of Ford's profits went on strike. We talked to their local union president. Uh UAW workers are fighting for a shorter work week and we play some clips from a panel where they gathered workers across the globe who already have a shorter work week. We're going to hear their testimonies later. We talk about how uh politicians in Alabama are not interested in supporting the UAW members on strike at ZF manufacturing in Tuscaloosa. That's a real shocker. All that and more on today's program. If you want to be part of the show today, we've got a phone number. The line is not open for calls, but you can send us a text message. That phone number is 844-899-TVLR. That's 844-899-8857. You can also find us on YouTube and participate in the live chat. If you haven't gotten enough of us by the time that we wrap up here on the radio or if you just want to see what we're up to throughout the week, then you can find us anywhere you find anything online. In particular, on our website, tvlr.fm, you can sign up to our newsletter there and get What Happened Last Week in Southern Labor and Boss Watch in your email inbox every week. Just a reminder, your support helps us stay on the air. Our largest single source of funding comes directly from our listeners. So if you want to make a one-time or monthly recurring contribution through our union payment processing service, go to tvlR.fm/ donate you can also become a patron at patreon.com slash the valley labor report you can go to our store to buy our new join a union shirt tvlr.fm slash store we've got about 25 of those extra that we bought from pre-orders and i haven't shipped the pre-orders that we got out still sitting in my closet but i've been busy this week so i'll get to it next week that's the plan If you're a a member of a union, then uh, you should get your local to sponsor the show if you can. You can reach out to me for more details about that. We could not do the show without our union partners.
0: And let me add a disclaimer that any viewpoints or opinions expressed in this program belong solely to their author and do not necessarily represent any organization or sponsor we welcome all of our listeners whether you're on youtube facebook unclaimed mysteries internet radio wvnn wzza whiv or through your favorite podcast app we are proud to be part of the labor radio podcast network and encourage our listeners to check it out as you know uh, we are not media professionals just a few diehard unionists who believe that alabama and the south's labor movement and working class deserve a bigger platform We're hoping this project can make a difference on that front, and we could not do it without you. We want to thank everyone for tuning in. Whether you're a loyal fan or a first-time listener, we appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Uh,
1: You know, so I I don't know that... It seems like it it just almost seems like it would be it's it would be difficult to justify not addressing the huge current events that are happening right now being a something of a news media current events type show, even though, you know, we're very tight on labor. That's what we focus on. Um, But the events in the Middle East have really captured everybody's attention. And, you know, I'm not going to say a lot. I don't feel comfortable saying a lot about it. Um, I'm by no means an expert on the region. Um, And and so, you know, I'm not going to say very much more than than my instincts, um, which are the deaths of the Israeli civilians were horrifying. Uh, I can't imagine the pain of the parents who lost children and the children who lost parents, um, the uh, the folks who lost friends. I'm hoping and I'm praying uh, for their peace and safety and healing just the same as I am for the families of the uh, definitely more than 140 Gazan children who have been killed by Israeli airstrikes, for the nine UN staffers who have been killed by Israel and the hundreds of other civilians who've been brutally killed in the airstrikes just in the last week. The death tolls up to 1,800 in Gaza, including Reuters journalists. Um, But also in the years and decades preceding uh, and as working people who advocate for working people, uh, we cannot condone the ruthless slaughter of working people on any side. And our government should absolutely not be giving a blank check to any government that treats civilians so wantonly. We should uh uh so you know, that's basically it. Civilian deaths are bad, and uh somehow that's a controversial opinion, actually. Um but that's 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 our that's our opinion. Um and I, I think that's that's rooted in the values that make us unionists. The same reason that we spend so much time advocating for working people on and off the job through the labor movement, uh, that's the same thing that motivates us to be appalled by the deaths, uh, both in Israel and in Gaza. Uh, And that's why, rather than giving a blank check We should be calling for de-escalation, for ceasefires, and for peace. Um, I would also encourage people to get their news on this front from reputable news sources like Israel's paper of record, Haaretz. Uh, Not shock jocks on the radio who don't know the first thing about the conflict, and you know that goes. uh, You know that goes. That goes for us as well. But uh, there are a few others that I have in mind. so, yeah, that's really th- uh, that, that's really all that was on my mind about that.
0: Well, I'll, I'll just pick up from there to say that recently I was in a training where we were discussing leadership and had to identify a leader that inspires me or inspires uh, the class. And so I thought about Eugene Debs, uh, a man of tremendous courage and conviction, of faith and resolve and a leader with a true heart for the people and he was skeptical of leaders. He didn't have much faith in leaders. Um, one of his famous quotes is that he would he said, "I would be ashamed to admit that I had risen from the ranks. When I rise, it will be with the ranks and not from the ranks." And it's that kind of you know attitude, which is why I respect him as a leader. And that's why you know I turn to him for a little wisdom in these times, because as you said, we're we're not experts by any means um bloodshed in the middle east in the east eastern europe and around the globe reminded me of deb's own principled stands for peace and his words which would land him in jail um, and i'm going to quote here just a bit from from a speech that he gave in canton ohio during the first world war which did land him in, in jail and he said quote wars throughout history have been waged for conquest and plunder The feudal barons of the Middle Ages, the economic predecessors of the capitalists of our day, declared all wars, and their miserable serfs fought all the battles. The poor, ignorant serfs had been taught to revere their masters, to believe that when their masters declared war upon one another, it was their patriotic duty to fall upon one another and to cut one another's throats for the profit and glory of the lords and barons who held them in contempt. And that is war in a nutshell. The master class has always declared the wars, the subject class has always fought the battles. The master class has had all to gain and nothing to lose, while the subject class has had nothing to gain and all to lose, especially their lives. They have always taught and trained you to believe it to be your patriotic duty to go to war and to have yourself slaughtered at their command. But in all the history of the world, you, the people, have never had a voice in declaring war And strange as it certainly appears, no war by any nation in any age has ever been declared by the people. And here let me emphasize the fact, and it cannot be repeated too often, that the working class who fight all the battles, the working class who make the supreme sacrifices, the working class who freely shed their blood and furnish their corpses, have never yet had a voice in either declaring war or making peace. It is the ruling class that invariably does both. They alone declare war, and they alone make peace. And, you know, that quote has been on my mind a lot lately, um, as well as the words of Dr. King about the giant triplets of racism, materialism, and militarism. And so, you know, I turn to their words because I'm not an expert on what's happening. I don't have any special insight. Um, I consider myself to be an internationalist, and so I know that everyday people have more in common with each other than we do with the wealthy elites who control our economies and our governments. I know it's heartbreaking to see the loss of life, particularly civilians. I know it's heartbreaking to see collective punishment being used against civilians. I know it's heartbreaking to see every bomb dropped and think of the wasted potential. It's heartbreaking to see politicians wage war rather than wage peace. And it's heartbreaking to see the giant triplets of racism, materialism, and militarism on the rise all over the globe. You know, I don't know what it's like to be in a war zone, to be directly impacted by terrorism, or to have to live under apartheid conditions. I can't imagine what so many families are experiencing right this moment, and my heart and solidarity goes out to them. I know it's frustrating when media and politicians push propaganda— when conversations around these issues are conducted in bad faith when any critique of violence comes with consequences when acknowledging the dignity of palestinian lives is assumed to be an act of bigotry against israeli lives i know it's frustrating when countries and economies are fueled by the blood money of the military industrial complex when arms dealing and foreign policy are one and the same when so much is invested in denying peace as a labor activist i believe we have to be internationalist in our outlook demanding an end to the global race to the bottom for everyday working people i believe we as a movement must fight for an economy and a global order based on peace and cooperation i believe as we as a movement must stand united against war crimes I believe we, as a movement, must stand united in love, justice, and solidarity against bigotry, exploitation, and oppression.
1: That's gonna be so. That, that's gonna be it. We don't like like we said. We're not experts, um, so we don't have any special insight. Um, but those are those are some of the instincts, um, and you know our instincts are towards uh, love and respect and solidarity with. Uh, Civilians and innocents, and against war. Absolutely. So with that, we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back, uh, and we're going to be on terrain that we feel much more comfortable talking about unions. We're going to be talking to Brother Todd Dunn of UAW Local 862. Uh, really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, represents workers at the Kentucky truck plant by Ford uh, in you know like Kentucky. They make 54% of Ford's profits. Uh, They're in the South, and they just went on strike. So we're going to be talking to the president of that local union when we get back. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to the Valley Labor Report.
3: In Alabama, more than 200,000 of our friends and family members are living without health care coverage. Often, folks can't stay healthy enough even to keep their jobs. We can fix this. It's time for us to find a way to close the health care coverage gap so that people can remain at work. Let's make this a priority. Let's close this gap and cover Alabama. To learn more and how you can help, visit CoverAlabama.org.
4: The attorneys at Maples, Tucker & Jacobs have stood with the working people of Alabama for over 40 years, providing skilled legal representation for your workplace injury claims. When you are injured on the job, it can be a scary time. The attorneys at Maples, Tucker & Jacobs... Have the experience to guide you through the process to make sure that you and your family are properly taken care of and your rights are protected. If you need help, call the attorneys at Maples Tucker and Jacobs at 855-617-9333 or visit online at www.mtnj.com no representation is made that the quality of legal services provided is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other law firms.
1: Support for the Valley Labor Report comes from the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers Union. Learn more by visiting www.ifpte.org. Come build a better future with us today and join IU I'm attorney
3: Tommy Seniard. When you've been injured and need help, you need a lawyer who's with you. Seniard
2: Law. You need attorneys always available to take care of you. Seniard Law. And keep you in the loop. It's your case. You need to know what's happening. Seniard Law. And never a
1: charge to meet with us to evaluate your case. Seniard Law. A new firm, but an
3: old name. One that will stay with you every step of the way.
2: Senior Law, the name with proven results.
1: Support for this program is provided by the International Association for Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local Lodge 44 in Decatur, Alabama. Learn more at IAMAW44.org. Come on, you poor
2: workers,
0: good news to you.
1: Labor creates all wealth. All wealth should go to labor. And you are listening to the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison. My co-host is Adam Keller. If you've got anything to add, you can give us a call or a text. Actually, just a text. Phone number is 844-899-8857. You can also hang in out hang out with us in the YouTube chat. We appreciate uh, everybody there already. Vonda says, good morning. Nashville CLC president. Always, uh, great to have her listening. Marissa North Alabama DSA says good morning. Uh, Miss Anonymous says morning. Um, and, we, yeah, we appreciate all the conversations. Appreciation of Debs. Debs is uh, always a good source of wisdom on very many, very, very many uh, topics. So, um, We've got a new... We've got two new advertisers, actually. And I have not... Um, I have not recorded their ads, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you about them right now. And then we're going to record the ads after the show so that they'll be in circulation for the next show. But first up, uh, Benefit Architects. They're really great. Um, Benefit Architects has proudly supported union members and union-made products for over 35 years. And so if you are a federal employee and an AFGE member... You are eligible for hundreds of dollars in money-saving benefits including group life insurance, dental insurance and Aflac insurance. So if you're a union member and don't work for the government, you can still qualify for several of these mon- money-saving po- policies. Just call Tate Hewer. He is the uh, he's their representative for the area. Tate Hewer at 256-215 6769 for details and to enroll you know union members are a big group of folks and so companies you know they want to get our they want to get our business and so they're willing to give us a discount um, and so that's uh, so benefit architects helps gather some of those up for us uh, get the uh, the group life insurance they've also got I know for AFGE members uh, short term disability insurance that has been very very helpful for some of our members I know um, so definitely recommend giving Tate a call. Two five six two one five six seven six nine. Um and are we still waiting?
0: Oh no. Adam? No, we we've, not. Got,
1: we've got we've got Todd. Perfect, perfect. All right. So we'll read the second ad later and we'll go ahead and talk to Todd, brother Todd Dunn. He started as a vehicle assembly technician in the Commercial Light Truck Department in 1995, where he very quickly threw himself into union work. In fact, in just a year, he was already serving. Uh, He currently serves on Kentucky's Labor Management Cabinet and... Most importantly, he is president of UAW Local 862 in Louisville, Kentucky, where 87 UAW members at Ford walked off the job on strike last week. He joins us now. Todd, welcome to the program. How are you doing? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Uh, Pretty good. We've got uh, close to 9,000 employees
3: on strike. Uh, We're trying to process all of the... Um, strike sign up for the uh, strike benefit. Uh, we processed about 3,500 yesterday over at our Kentucky Fair and Exposition Center. And hopefully we'll get another 3,000 today and finish up on Sunday mostly.
1: Well, there you go. And that's something that people don't really think about with the strike. There's a lot of logistical stuff that, you know, the uh, the leadership and the officers and volunteers uh, from the rank and file do to make sure that, you know, people are able to get the support that they um uh, that they're entitled to from the union and, uh, and help them with, with anything else that they might need during the strike. So that's, you know, uh, it's uh, a lot of, you know, wow. Uh, a lot of the leadership, they, uh, they don't get any time off during a strike. In fact, in in some cases they work more than when, (laughs) when, uh, when they're off strike. You
3: know, it's really amazing. Uh, I spoke to our, our volunteers yesterday, you know, we're relying on a lot of assistance. We had, uh, Five uh five people come up from international mm-hmm. auditors to get the process going. Other than that, it's just uh volunteers and it's amazing to see how many uh show up. It's a four-hour duty once a week. Mm. And uh we've got you know 50, 60 members mm-hmm. right now doing the process of uh strike registration uh for about 40 hours this weekend alone. So mm. yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Light, but like many hands make light work. So if you're able to get a good, good bunch of people in there, you, you can do uh, uh you, you can trim it down for folks. So but, you know, before we talk some more about, you know, the current situation and the current strike, um, I, I'm interested in in talking to you about, you know, your union work. Uh, You know, I read your bio on the UAW's website. And like I said in, in the intro, you really jumped right in to working with the union. Why Why is that?
3: You know, when I first started out, I started a job called the uh, uh, chain gang, and uh, it was funny. There was 11 of us hired in. Two of us knew how to paint, uh, but they needed a couple men upstairs on the chain gang, and finally I said, quit arguing over me. Let's go. Uh, Once I got up there, I realized, you know, how tough that work was uh, where the uh, units come over from body shop, Uh, so you have a a metal vehicle, if you will, just a shell, uh, and then we have to hang it on chains, and it goes through dip tanks. Uh, to be E-coated, where it gets a, a paint coating on the surface. So that job up there in the summer would get, uh, you know, 99, 98 degrees, sometimes 100. And sometimes you'd have 100% humidity because of the weather and uh, the eco-phosphate uh, pre-rent. So, I mean, you literally you were ringing wet every day. Uh, you were dancing on we- uh, rollers. Uh, you would tear the soles off your shoes uh, quite often. Uh, a lot of shoulder injuries, and I thought, man, this is this is uh, this is crazy. This is not the way to do things. And got involved uh, with ergonomics and start holding the company accountable uh, for the heat heat index on the training We would utilize uh, to know what type of working conditions were, and we held the company accountable. So it just kind of gave me it gave me a, a a sense of pride and honor to uh, do something to leave it better than I found it. Just to simplify things and yeah.
1: that's where I got my And you know it, it's it, it, and if if you don't mind me saying so it sounds like you were raised in the south is that right Absolutely 100% and so, you know, we, we're born and raised in the South. My brother Adam over here is from Mississippi. I'm from here in Alabama. Um, and, and you're in Kentucky right now. I don't know if you grew up there. But, but you know, it, being in the South, right, people tell us that unions are bad all the time. We are, you know, that that uh, uh, we don't need somebody getting in between us and our employer and that they do nothing. They don't do anything for workers except take our money. Um and and you know and and so obviously none of us here believe that. But what what was it that that convinced you that you know all of this is uh, all of that stuff that we grow up hearing around here is all just you know nonsense. It's not true.
3: You know, I grew up I grew up in a a, a union house. Uh, my father was a teamster truck driver. He didn't talk a lot about unions, but I knew he he was in a union. I knew I got taken to those union meetings. And I saw these guys talking, uh, you know, I saw them communicate, making plans, you know, talking about issues. And uh, so I, I kind of had a little bit of a unionism in my blood, but the main thing was my father just taught me the value of a dollar, hard day's work, um, work hard, play hard, get in there and get it done. Uh, take care of your, your family unit. And I think just uh, the uh, systemic outlook, Outlook or, or, or in unions, uh, members just don't get talked to enough, you know, from their peers. Uh, my main thing is uh, if you don't have a, a foot in the door, if you don't have a voice in the room, you don't have anything. And so many workers, I think, uh, are so programmed to go work for the company store, uh, they provide a check and, and they're taking care of me. But that's not true. You're going to work, you want to be treated fairly, you want a fair day's work for a fair day's pay. Uh, and I think uh, as these are good times, right? Uh, these times here is, are great times to have for for people across the United States to go, damn, there, maybe there's something to do this, right? You know, maybe there's something having a union, and it truly is because uh, when you have a, a collective bargaining agreement with a company, and you see how language can hold the company accountable, uh, you, you see what you can do. You see what you can do for your brothers and sisters on the line. Uh, you know, I always said uh, our union members have, have that sauce, that special sauce, but hoping them find it with this strike, you're seeing members stand up and we got so many intelligent people in that plant. i got a friend, Adam Hoback. Uh, he came to me about five weeks ago uh, through one of the team leaders in the plant. And this guy is super smart. He's very intelligent. Uh, he, he's just got all these skills. And he said, man, I want to do this. I got to keep doing this. Matter of fact, I'm going to run for committee person. We're two years away from the election. He said, I don't care. This is what I want to do. So you're starting to see the solidarity come together, and these union members see them working themselves, right? Uh, through this. And it, a lot of people are really turning heads. Um, if you look at our union, we got 12,300 uh, plus active workers we got about six thousand uh retirees and surviving spouses uh and uh you know the active workers workforce you know we're a right to work state right you don't have to belong to matter of fact the union still has to represent you we've got one one member out of over twelve thousand members that's not paying union dues so that tells you right something's going on uh somebody's doing something right uh and there might be something union stuff you know if you're not educated or you don't know what the union is so uh i really lift that up and i lift our membership up for uh believing in uh, uh what we do
1: yeah brother that is wild maybe y'all are i might have to hit you up after this strike is over and Get get some of your organizers to come borrow them for my union. Get our density up because having one one fella out of twelve thousand that ain't paying dues is is really amazing. And and you know you're in the South, you're in Kentucky, and companies like Ford, they come here to the South to get away from unions, to get away from higher wages and better working conditions and pensions. They get they come here to exploit us. Right? We're the last stop on the way to Mexico. And and y'all have nearly a hundred percent membership in your shop. Y'all just went out on strike. Y'all produce the majority of Ford's profits. So, you know, how do you keep up that level of, of solidarity among your southern membership and, and and what can other unions, you know, around here do to replicate some of the success that you've seen at eight sixty-two?
3: my my true belief is that uh, communication is uh key it's king uh king of the road if you will uh we're always broke as communicators no matter in our personal lives or at work and we're always trying to achieve uh, a better communication process with our membership um you know over time grassroots right that 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 uh grass committee walking through the plant when i when i came through uh, my, uh, ranks, uh, of leadership, you know, I would wake up, get up, get in there before work, walk in the membership, work all day, you know, do the best I could to utilize the contract, but more so I used common sense guided by an earnest desire uh, to serve my people with servant leadership. Uh, And I would walk out the door with them. And, uh, you know, that resonates with people, you know, they understand that, uh, they see that. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's what you put into it. And, uh, down here in Kentucky, I mean, you look at Toyota, right? So I can remember 18, 20 years ago, uh, being a young, young lad there, uh, a committee person wanted to be a part of the solution, uh, going to Toyota manufacturing down at TMK, uh, Toyota manufacturing, uh, in Kentucky. And, uh, we just got pummeled. We got just tore up. 50% card signed, wanted to be union. And, and we lost that election uh, by a very large margin. You know, it's somewhat depressing. when We are there to put a lot into it. But then we came back home knowing what we got under that kind of comfort level. But what I'm seeing now, I saw something on social media yesterday uh, where uh, a good friend of mine who's a member sent to me. And their, uh, a friend of theirs' son works at Toyota right now as we speak we've got people that's got that cricket machine and they've made their own shirts or had shirts printed Toyota manufacturing people are wearing uaw shirts in the plant on the factory floor and i can't believe that toyota hasn't tried to discipline them or fire them uh supporting uh, auto workers so i think you're going to see some tides turn there as well uh, It's is time to be union uh, the companies uh, are are making super profits, KTP alone, every minute for a motor company at the Kentucky truck plant is profiting $48,000 per minute, uh, $220 million a week, $29 billion a year. And that's one plant uh, at the Kentucky truck plant. So we make there uh, 54% of all North American profits. Uh, our our leadership, you know, you hear Bill Ford talk about, you know, this is the family We're a, we are family. Respecting, worked with him, knowing, him, good fella. Uh, but when it comes down to it, there have been times when, you know, we felt like we were in the Ford family, but there's zero family feel at all. And that's something I've been sharing yesterday. We had uh, 13 interviews, I think eight of them were on national outlets, and they were saying, you know, the best deal. Uh, uh, Bill Ford Bill Ford said, you know, this is the Ford family, and I said, I don't know of any person that I've talked to uh, in Michigan Assembly, in Chicago, who I've been dealing with, you know, on their strike, because we're, you know, iron sharpens iron, we work with each other, or my men that are on the strike, nobody has that family feeling, you don't leave your family behind, uh, so, uh, and, and then on top of that, to uh, keep us out of the battery plants, uh, to to keep us thwarted away from uh, uh, being a part of the electrification and electric vehicles, EVs, when that's coming, Uh, it is almost like their, their strategy is to divide us and conquer and that's not gonna happen. Our future is the future of all those around us in our community. Nine ancillary jobs, vendors, suppliers, mom-and-pop shops, restaurants are created for every one auto worker. People argue nine or 10. So let's just take the 10 math, right? So there's over 120,000 people in our community that are also affected with the members of Local 62 between the Kentucky Truck Plant and Louisville Assembly Plant. If they don't think that our future is their future, then they're mistaken. And I know they know that because we're getting support across the board right now. Ford Motor Company, Stellantis, and GM have about a 7% approval rating. So what does that tell you? That tells you that people in the community, unions, people seeing unions are supporting and they're starting to understand what that is. And when you talked about in the South, you know, about how so many members really take granted unions or won't vote a union in, it's like, You're voting against yourself, right? And uh, all I would do is I would ask for uh, uh, people across the United States today would be just give us a look, ask questions, inform yourself, and then make a decision on whether you want to be union or not. And I think we're going to start seeing a a big trend uh, change and go the other way.
1: I think so. You're uh, from your lips to God's ears, and and so you know you mentioned y'all are on strike right now. You went on, and and it's the it the Kentucky truck plant going on strike is notable for for two reasons in my mind. And you touched on the first, and that's that y'all are Ford's money maker. I mean, forty eight thousand dollars revenue a minute. That is more. Y'all produce more value for Ford than many UAW members make in a year in just one minute right? And so, I mean, that is that is really, really huge. Um, but another reason that it's notable is because y'all were called out on strike in a different way than... Uh, you know, I mean, this—the whole stand-up strike is different than the UAW has has, has done uh, over the past several contracts. But this, uh, but y'all were called out on strike, even in a different way than some of the other plants were called on uh, during this stand-up strike. And and Sean Fain explained that on uh, his live stream yesterday, and and so I I pulled a clip of him uh, talking about how, um, y'all went out on strike. And and so Adam, let's, uh, let's play this and then we'll, we'll go back to Todd.
2: All right. And let me tell you the story of how the mighty Kentucky truck plan of UAW local 862 transpired for two weeks. Ford's been telling us there's more money to be had. They said, hang on, we're close, but there's still some room to continue to sweeten the deal. On Wednesday, they owed us an offer and they gave us a call. They wanted to meet over Zoom and they wanted to pass the same economic offer that they passed two weeks ago with no more money. So we said, if you're going to offer us nothing, you're going to do it to our face with our full national negotiating team in the room. We went to Ford headquarters to see what they had to say for themselves. It was not a long meeting. They tried to give us the same deal that we rejected two weeks ago and not a dollar more. So at that point, I, I said, that's all you have for us. Our members' lives and my handshake are worth more than that. You just cost yourself Kentucky Truck Plant. We had management leave the room and Vice President Browning. and Kentucky Truck Plant chairperson John Jaggers, who's on the National Negotiating Committee, and myself made the call. And we let John make the call to take the the plan out. We didn't wait till Friday, and we didn't wait a minute. We then called President Todd Dunn at Local 862, and he and his local leadership walked 8,700 members off the job. And of course, they had the unwavering support of Regional Director Tim Smith. So,
1: you know, it really sounds like Ford was just kind of leading y'all on over the last two weeks. And, you know, the idea that they're going to give y'all an offer that's the same as two weeks ago and not expect any repercussions is just kind of wild to me. Why? What do you think was in their head?
3: You know, first of all, negotiating all three uh, big three at the same time, uh, Actually, it's a brilliant strategy uh, because before you would see when it comes to contract time, uh, they had picked a lead or a target. Uh, and then, you know, it's back to business as usual and people kind of lose a, a little faith in the process. And mm. what are we going to know, even though everybody's negotiating? So this is good because it doesn't really whip stall, but it challenges all three companies to try to uh, mm. be along the at the same time and you can uh push for one get something and then come back to the other work on it uh to the best of your ability to get something equal or greater so it definitely benefits us it's more challenging because the complexity is higher right. uh but uh, we, we it really it really helps in this case when we went out um you know i got a call wednesday sometime around 3 30 in the afternoon sean fain president fain said uh uh, Brother Dunn, uh, are you ready? Well, we had had a pretty good playbook put together. I said, "We'll knock mm. the dust off of it." Not much dust got on it because, you know, <laughs> we it's only been about four weeks. We thought we were going on strike, but mm. I think what happened is uh, President Fain said, "Hey, look, y'all made some good uh, some good advancements." Uh, you know, with uh, Chuck Brownie, Chuck Brownie, uh, who is our national Ford, uh vice president, he is just a beast when it mm. comes to career. I've watched him uh, over the last 25 years. I've worked with him. Uh, he's led. Uh, everybody is a team player. It's almost like the Wolfpack mentality. And uh, we've been disciplined in details. Uh, and that's what he said he wanted from the beginning and the start of this. So, uh, you know, when it came down to it, we're ready. And so I said, hey, we may go south. And I think what happened is is the company got complacent. You know, mm. uh, they break a reprieve from from another plant being because of the uh, incremental and major advancements during the process. And, you know, I know some folks said, well, Sean's got some different tactics, but I think some of those tactics, uh, President Fang's tactics, uh, helped us uh, make bigger advancements, right? Mm. Segmental, uh, incremental, uh, um, I guess, moving forward moments, you know, and I, I think it, it's been genius. But also I think maybe the company might have been feeling like, uh, he's predictable. He'll give us mm-hmm. till Friday. We got four days. Uh right. it really aggravates and angers me because, you know, this whole Ford family uh mentality, uh, you've got members that have been out on, a, on the picket line four weeks. Granted, yes, they said they were willing to strike. I'm not I'm not putting that on Ford. Uh, but you know, for Ford to take it serious over the last two weeks, what does that say uh about they care about those members that are on the picket line? Mm-hmm. Our well- members are of- I've got a guy I went to high school with, John Jaggers. He's a second time uh, national negotiator. Uh, brilliant. Mind. you know, I graduated high school. We split up, went our own ways. I went to war or tried to go to college, had to go to war uh, during Desert Storm. But, you know, it was just those, uh, um, I guess, again, I hate to say it, iron sharp and irons moment, you know, everything that we do in life, we, we gain something from. And in this case, with the strike, uh you know we're we're all putting things together and going. hey ford motor company really don't care we've got to be prepared if caught upon and we had a couple hours to think about that as the top leadership of 862 <laughs> and uh, the meeting was at 5 30 and i think about 5 38 um uh, i got a phone call and uh president Fain said him and chuck brady y'all do a great job down there we're going on strike uh when i was uh Understanding that pretty much Ford Motor Company, when we told them at at the uh, national level that we were considering Kentucky truck plant, they said, do what you got to do. Okay, Yeah, Uh, that's a that's that's bargaining in good faith. You know, Uh, it's not. And uh, President Fain stood up and said, take them out. And literally, we got a call and had about 50 minutes to take twenty seven hundred people out of the Kentucky truck plant. And uh, we did it uh, with as much finesse as possible. We left it like we found it, you know, put tools back. Uh, we got to come back in here and build these trucks and get going again once we get the strike over with mm-hmm. and uh, egress out of the plant. We we kept our, uh, we kept excuse me, we kept our uh, salary nurses in there until that was over and they're on strike with us. We've got uh, two cleaning companies that work under JLF. They're laid off, but we're giving them strike benefits through our international executive board, instead of worrying about unemployment, searching for five jobs. Uh, So here's the union really putting their hands, their arms, right, uh, around our members uh, in solidarity. That's why you see that wheel and why it's so impactful uh, when you look at it. And we're not going to leave one member behind. So uh, we're on strike. It's about $4.5 million uh, coming out of our uh, international strike fund. Uh, to take care of the Kentucky truck plant at 500 uh per member uh little assembly plant will be affected probably sometime middle of this week by the end of this week I looked for the little assembly plant which is 22 miles away from the Kentucky truck plant here in Louisville mm. uh to lay it off and uh uh we worked with uh, uh, strike benefits I mean uh working getting an unemployment uh Governor Bashir team Kentucky a friend of mine uh, we worked together during the pandemic uh, to help people with unemployment our community our members and anything he's asked for we've supported he was there for us but you know while this whole last week has been going on we've been talking about it you know I'm getting stories about Ford and Michigan uh, on plants that are affected by a strike but didn't go on strike mm. uh that they were tested in challenging uh challenging the state on not to pay unemployment mm. and I'm Thinking, okay. Here's this fam, Ford family attitude again. Let's, right. let's let's look at step back and look at it. So you haven't been negotiating. Or you, you haven't done anything but bring almost the same thing to us in the past two weeks. But you have been working on trying to deny somebody's unemployment mm. who legitimately trying to get it, but they're affected by a strike where where is your tactics right what is where is your strategy coming from and you know some of the news media have been asking about strategies about the uaw Mm -hmm. well let's talk let's talk about the almost nefarious or evil like strategies of ford motor company Uh, get back to let's get something going and let us take care of our our members so you know down here in louisville kentucky you know i told the governor i said governor you know, I appreciate your assistance, but we've asked the national executive board to look at these 30 some hundred members at the little assembly plant and consider. And they had already basically given us the idea. So, you know, those little assembly plant members are going to be drawing uh, strike benefits. They'll have to do a, a, um, a strike duty, if you will. They won't work the mm-hmm. picket line, but we're working with Metro United Way. So we'll have almost 4000 members. Uh, next week volunteering in the community to do their four-hour duty uh, to give back so now the community is going to see us give back through a strike they're going to see what Ford Motor Company is doing and how they're acting Mm. Uh, and and so this is where all this starts to come together right Right. I don't want to start with 98 piece puzzle uh, 100 piece puzzle with 98 pieces I mean we're coming at this from all angles and people are putting together this puzzle they're going wow Mm -hmm. there's something UAW thing. There's something to labor unions. Um, yeah. I'm also I'm also president of the Central Labor Council. We're 54,000 uh, members. And not to go long in the tooth, but uh, I've got to say on there how many other unions are helping us. Mm-hmm. Teachers came, gave us 5,000. State Fed came over and gave us 5,000 to help the strike. Uh, we're having unions come over, steelworkers come over and brought burn barrels wood from uh, Louisville Slugger that they couldn't use. And and all these unions are coming in uh, from everywhere, out of state, out of county, to support us and say, hey, whatever you need, where, where are you are So, um, you know, it, it's not going to be too much longer for it to resonate with uh, people who wouldn't think unions do something. And I tell you what, if you, uh, if you give a union a look, it'll help you out.
1: Absolutely, and I, I'm Secretary Treasurer of the Labor Council here in North Alabama, and uh, the Spring Hill plant is only an hour and a half away from us, UAW 1853, and uh, so we're we're waiting with bated breath to support them if they go on strike. So um, we'll be we'll be looking for that, and and you know, you're all, all of this stuff that you're talking about, you know, the it. it I, I just want to underscore like this is a. <laughs> it's almost a logistical nightmare for the people that have to put all these plans together, um, and so there's a lot of work that goes into that, just the planning part of it, and then the actual execution and getting these people out on strike and convincing them that this is good and this is what you should do, and and all of this kind of stuff. And, and you know, I, I watched an interview that you gave to the Courier Journal, uh, which is a prominent news outlet in, in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, you had, uh, and, and I'll just, I'll play, th- we'll play this clip and, and I'd like uh, to get, uh, for the audience, and I'd like to get your reactions on the strike now that, you know, as you said in this interview from a couple of months back, that that you had to use this tool that, that had gotten rusty. Let's let's play this clip.
3: We hope we don't strike, but if we have to, that's a tool in a tool belt that's dusty, rusty, and hasn't been used, but I'll tell you this, you know, we've sharpened our tools and... We're prepared to go into uh, whatever it is. Don't want to say battle, but, but we're, pre- we're prepared to go forward and use every tool we can um, to get these jobs back to where they've kind of fallen short.
1: And so, like you said, you, you know, the strike tool at at, you know, Ford and Louisville and, and the Kentucky truck plant had kind of it kind of gotten rusty. And so what was the work that went into sharpening that tool and, and getting ready to execute?
3: so you know uh, our executive board uh, we're an amalgamated local union uh, so for those listeners that don't understand amalgamated union is so our union is comprised of about 12,373 approximate people i think it's what the number just come to my head um and 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 our the rest of the almost 20,000 are our uh, retirees so you had retirees working a uh, a segment of the strike process to help out uh, our standing committees are our backbone, our structure of our union. So these standing committees will be like women's committee, veterans committee, civil and human rights committee, young workers committee, which is basically uh, new members to our union. Hmm. Uh, so all of these committees come together. So we ask them all to take on a responsibility. Our recreation committee basically has the kitchen duties. They're the ones making sure food's being prepared, water's on the picket line. So every team member, uh, as we would call our UAW team, has a certain specific job and uh, in, in, uh, a protocol that we execute. And we've worked uh, really hard uh, to make sure that that communication that's normally broken right uh, works with our membership. One thing that we've done has been really transparent with our members. Uh, with our UAW app, is the one way communication tool. There's not a back and forth. You don't have that Facebook and blogs and all that stuff. Uh it's just simple, direct, uh, precise uh information to put in the in the members' hands. So we've been trying to tell them every step of the way, you know, for so many months, prepare, save money. So many months get your information in, get it changed so we can contact you, uh, get your card signed so we can get you on a text uh, alert system uh and just walking them through every every aspect of a possibility of a strike and that hasn't been the last month the last three months the last six months last year it's been the last year and a half mm. so knowing this coming I mean, knowing these were going to be some difficult times i mean we've forced Ford motor company over the past year and a half almost two years to come up with some major uh corrections of leapfrogging, some of the conditions that have have occurred with the tier system that just brought so many other problems uh, to the table and forced Ford Motor Company uh, and, and didn't really force them, but worked with them and negotiated in good faith and they fixed a lot of things. So that told me Ford Motor Company knew they had to do the right thing, was worried and wanted to show that they were working in good faith and they did. But I think they're also that then preparing. This is going to be a, a tough uh, set of negotiations. You know, we helped save this company um, during uh, the the fall there of the auto uh, the auto manufacturing system. You know, we have uh, uh, Mitch McConnell. I can remember and hear the words in my head right now. Uh, let the companies go bankrupt. Other companies will come in line behind. Uh, mm. You know, if the American auto workers. Um, would have let everything go bankruptcy and go defunct, Uh, it would have crippled. It would have crippled America. I remember being at a break uh, supplier up near E-Town around that time, and they were uh, working on uh, voting on being union or not. News media was getting involved, and one of the reporters said, well, what can you tell right now here, uh, the the people of this community, uh, how a union is going to benefit? Uh, this plant,
2: mm.
3: and that was the easiest question you gave me today. If I hit this, can <laughs> I? And he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "If we haven't done, we've done at Ford Motor Company. To say Ford Motor Company, we would already have been done." I said, "Who do you manufacture? Who manufactures brakes here at this plant? They're like GM, Chrysler, Toyota, and Nissan, Ford." I said, "So take three of those big three out of there, and then take that demand out." How many workers here are gonna be laid off? Or is this plant gonna be here uh if 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 we're gone? Silence. It's the first time I ever heard a reporter become silent. And I said exactly. I said it's all relative uh to uh an individual, an employee, a union member, based upon the outlook of what we're doing. And you know, unions are so important uh in in what we're trying to the message we're trying to do, trying to get there. So uh it's it, it's a long road. I'm not gonna be the last guy to try to put as much on the table as long as we like you said leave it better than we found it, putting a log in a wood pile, uh and and let that next level of leadership, which I had been worried about, mm. but what we're in right now we've got a uh a bucket full of great uh basket full of great uh people coming up and I think that they're gonna step up and really take this and take it to new heights. So uh, it, it's it's tough, but it's almost hair raising and honoring mm. to see what I'm seeing, and I'm just I'm just showing I'm just showing our membership. Here's the picture that you're creating, and uh, it's not an aha moment. It's it's uh, it's gonna be there for a while.
1: So we've gone a little bit over, and I and I appreciate your your time, and and I want to be respectful of that. So we'll uh, go ahead and wrap up here soon. But before we do, I want to I want to end with with a little bit of fun. Um, you know, I I was telling you last night that I wanted to play this clip, but before yesterday, were you familiar with Jim Cramer?
3: <laughs> yeah, that is uh, uh, that is uh, somewhat of a. Uh, news celebrity uh, with the market watch, <laughs> if you will, who thought he was being cute. But uh, for somebody to to be loved and want uh, to be a celebrity to sit there and say on, uh, on uh, national TV, send the jobs to Mexico, they can mm-hmm. build them uh, for five dollars an hour. I don't know how American he is, but I think maybe he ought to get a, a passport and head on out.
1: Yeah, there that would that wouldn't be a bad uh, wouldn't be a bad deal for the United States, and so uh, they, got radio, they got radio in Mexico, don't they? There you go, there <laughs> you go. He can he you know they we can send his job overseas, but uh you know so last week and there's been just clips just throughout the strike, and I guess I it sounds like you've seen a few of them, and last week we got another one, and and this is him reacting to polls about support for you and for your members. And so I'm uh, looking forward to your reaction to it. Let's play this I mean, with got...
2: AP's got a piece this morning on public approval of
1: either the automakers or the unions. You want to know percentage that favor the automakers?
4: Oh,
2: my. It's like,
1: it's like 6%, 9%, yeah. something below, below 10 I was shocked at that. I thought that, that perhaps there would be people who say, you know what, I have a F 150 I love it. And uh, they do a great job and the workers are being greedy
2: and no, the workers, the workers win.
1: That kind of brings us all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what what do you think about that, brother? Open mouth, insert foot, <laughs>
3: back pedal across the river, hope I make it over the flood wall and uh, I'll be, I'll be uh, sexy again when everybody forgets it. Yeah. Um, I think he just realizes that uh, right there that he'd made a big, big mistake. Um, (laughs) It is what it is. You know, uh, people across America see what's happening. The fat cats are getting richer. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, know, Farley, the money they're making, yeah, their jobs uh, require a certain amount of tenacity, and the money they make is definitely going to be higher than us. Um, but you know, in a half hour, uh, in a half hour, what he makes uh, is uh, exceeding the whole team at the Kentucky Truck Plant. It just—it's not—it's not favorable for anybody to to try and uh, defend the profits, profits, even our membership behind. So, mm. uh, good. Yeah, I hope he got a good taste uh, of his own medicine there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's just—it's baffling to me, kind of the idea that you would because you drive a Ford truck and you like it, that you would feel sympathy with the owners of the company rather than the people who actually built the truck. That's just, I, why would that be the case?
3: <laughs> Talking about looking a gift horse in the mouth or taking things for granted. I, I, yeah. Uh, he, uh, I think he's going to back up and, uh, and punt on this one. And, uh, uh, Take a different uh, a different road. Probably not to say anything about auto workers again about him.
1: Yeah, that well, that would probably be better for him. But uh, you know, I I don't know that he's got the humility to do that. So he's still on the air uh, after twenty years of giving people bad advice. So I don't have that button he hits during his radio show.
3: I will leave you for now.
1: Yeah. All right, well, brother, I appreciate your time. Todd Dunn, president of UAW Local 862 at the Kentucky Truck Plant, just went on strike last week. Uh, Thanks again. I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all for looking out for us.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Todd. Solidarity. (laughs)
1: All right, really enjoyed that conversation. Went a little long, but I enjoyed it. Um, we're going to go ahead and, and take our second break, and we're going to be back with, uh, with our regular segments. Stay tuned.
3: In Alabama, more than 200,000 of our friends and neighbors are living without health care coverage. Often folks can't stay healthy enough to keep their jobs. We need to fix
2: this. Let's close the health care coverage gap. To learn more, visit CoverAlabama.org.
1: Support for this program also comes from the Iron Workers Local 477. So if you are looking for contractors with lower-than-average EMR and TRIR, uh, they tell me that if you need to know what those mean, then you will. Uh, Or if you need to supplement a workforce at any level for any amount of time, short or long term, if you need ironworkers that come trained and certified at no extra cost, or if you need workers from superintendent down to general laborer,
3: Dot O-R-G. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO.
1: The Laborers' International Union of North America Local 366 is proudly recruiting North Alabama workers to work construction and nuclear plant maintenance. If you're interested, please contact Donna at their training center to start the process. That phone number is 256-415-7400. Again, that phone number is 256-415-7452. No experience is needed. Free training is offered, but you must be able to pass a background check and a drug test. Local hiring that grows our community with good-paying jobs that have benefits is their mission. Live better. Work union. Local 366. Feel the power. Support for this program also comes from the Mid-South Council of Retail, Wholesale, and Department Store Union. Learn more at rwdsu.info. I'm attorney Tommy Senior. When you've been injured and need help,
2: you need a lawyer who's with you. Senured Law. You need attorneys always available to take care of you. Senured Law. And keep you in the loop. It's your case. You need to know what's
1: happening. Senured Law. And never a charge to meet with us to evaluate your case.
2: Senured
3: Law. A new firm, but an old name. One that will stay with you
2: every step of the way. Senior Law, the name with proven results.
0: I'm
1: Alabama's only Union talk radio show this is the Valley Labor Report. My name is Jacob Morrison here with my co-host Adam Keller broadcasting live online and on the radio from the heart of the tennessee valley the spice radio studio we appreciate y'all tuning in we've got about 70 folks watching us on youtube and only 30 likes on the stream what is the deal with that let's get those numbers up because those are rookie numbers um if you haven't liked the stream yet please do if you haven't subscribed to the channel please do we're at 6.92 thousand subscribers on YouTube. Uh let's get that number up to 7,000.
0: That would be nice. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: um like I said, really appreciate everybody tuning in. a uh, lot of folks enjoying uh, enjoyed the conversation uh with brother Todd. Um I enjoyed it. Um Miss Anonymous says "Fain is awesome. Scott says most people don't even know what unions do. uh, Free American 2020 says, I think of GM being more hostile to workers and Ford as being more positive historically. That's generally the way that it's been. Uh, Ford has has typically been better than some of the others. Um, Scott says we need to educate the public about unions. Indeed. Uh, Art Walsh says GM's always attacking its workers. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Appreciate all of the comments. This show rocks, says notary. Jacob Jones says solidarity always. Adam Marissa says great interview. Uh, appreciate all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Free yeah. American says maybe half of the viewers are company snitches. That's why they're not liking the stream. Maybe that's it. That could be it. You don't want to be a company goon. So uh like the stream, folks. Like the stream.
0: If you really want to like show us show us up. Do a super chat. Mm, That'll really wow. prove your point, right? That would, yeah. that would really prove your point. Uh, and shout out Zach, first time watcher. Uh, oh, okay. Welcome okay. to the show. Welcome appreciate the it. Show. Uh,
1: so I said we had two new advertisers. The second new advertiser is an old advertiser, but they're jumping back on, uh, on the bandwagon. We appreciate that. It's hometown action. Hometown action. Um, so they've got this, uh, they've got a climate canvas that's going on. They're doing a deep canvas. And so, uh, you know, as labor union members, we face our share of challenges in the workplace. But today I want to talk to you about a different kind of challenge, uh, the climate crisis. We've all seen the fury of Mother Nature, the storms that can turn lives upside down in an instant. And that's why Hometown Action is launching our climate protection project. We're heading out to 10 rural communities listening to local folks and taking action with them to protect communities impacted by climate disasters. And we need you, our union brothers and sisters, to join us. Together, we can make a difference. Our strength on the job is undeniable, and now it's time to put that strength to work for the planet. Let's protect our communities, our families, and our future. You can visit hometownaction.org today and sign up to volunteer for the climate protection canvas that is hometownaction.org.
0: Awesome. Yeah, appreciate them jumping back
1: on and appreciate the work they're doing. Last week in Southern Labor, we talked about what... Workers in the U.S. South and her colonies were up to in the last week because nobody else does. So that's where we come in. Here's what workers in the U.S. South and her colonies were up to in the week ending on 13 October. In new NLRB filings, we had 76 workers at Controls Southeast in Pineville, North Carolina, file for a union election with the United Association of Plumbers, Pipe Fitters, Welders, and HVACR Service Techs, UA Local 421. The National Right to Work Foundation filed a a decertification petition on behalf of anti-union employees, that's right, at Republic National Distributing Company, where the International Brotherhood of Teamsters Local 988 represents the 62 workers in Houston, Texas. 750 nurses at University Medical Center, New Orleans, in, you guessed it, New Orleans, Louisiana, filed for a union election with National Nurses United. 12 staff at SEIU Texas filed for a union election in Houston, Texas, with Teamsters Local 988. Ten baristas at Starbucks in Atlanta, Georgia, filed for a union election with Starbucks Workers United. The employer filed a petition challenging the bargaining unit at UPS Richmond Service Center in Richmond, Virginia, currently represented by Teamsters Local 592. uh, 21 workers at Ready Refresh in Davenport, Florida, filed for a union election with the Teamsters, Local 79. 45 workers at Motors and Armatures in Earth City, Missouri, filed for a union election with Teamsters, Local 688. A very Teamsters heavy election filing uh, roundup this week. 13 workers at Half Price Books in Kansas City, Missouri, filed for a union election with the United Food and Commercial Workers, Local 2. Anti-union workers at Moundsville Health Center in Moundsville, West Virginia, filed a petition to decertify UFCW Local 1776 as the union representing the 34 workers there. Anti-union workers at DAR in Stewart, Florida, filed a petition to decertify the United Auto Workers International Union Local 2505 as the union uh, representing the 224 workers there. Nine workers at Bourne Electric Company in Imperial, Florida, filed for a union election with the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 1. Twenty-three workers at Starbucks in Denton, Texas, filed for a union election with Starbucks Workers United. Anti-union workers at Titan America in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, filed a petition to decertify the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 487, as the union representing the 75 employees there. 21 workers at Feast Barbecue in Louisville, Kentucky, filed a union election uh, for a union election with the UFCW, Local 227. Five workers at Bimbo Bakeries in Fort Worth, Texas, filed for a union election with the Bakery, Confectionery, Tobacco Workers and Grain Millers International Union, BCTGM, Local 111. Five workers at Union Oil & Gas in Charleston, West Virginia, withdrew their petition for a union election with the United Steelworkers International Union, as did two workers at TV Oil & Gas in Winfield, West Virginia. They withdrew their petition for a union election with the United Steelworkers, and 54 security guards at Bering Straits in Washington, D.C., withdrew their petition for a union election with the governed United Security Professionals. We had two election results, both a win in a clean sweep in the South last week. Forty-one workers at Ray Magnet Wire Company in Ashland, Virginia, won a union election, 2-14 with the IBEW Local Six Six Six. I believe this is the second time they've tried to organize Ray Magnet Wire Company. Uh, so very cool to see a win this time. Eighty-eight workers at Cisco in Louisville, Kentucky, won a union election, sixty to five. Nice. That is that's like grad union win numbers that's huge with the teamsters local 89 very cool uh had a few strikes and bargaining updates pharmacists at walgreens across the country walked out for a day last week primarily over staffing concerns 4,000 uaw members at Mack truck went on strike last week after voting down a tentative agreement by 73 percent that they say did not adequately address tears pension issues and health care 188 UAW members at ZF Manufacturing, a Mercedes parts manufacturer, are still on strike in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, as are Shangri-La dispensary workers with UFCW Local 655 in Columbia, Missouri. They began in May. Three Brothers Coffee workers with UFCW Local 1995 in Nashville, Tennessee, have been on strike since June, as have Memphis Soy Protein Production workers with BCTGM Local 390G. In uh, policy, politics, and legislation, the Italian-American Trade Unionists of America put out a statement about Columbus Day last week, saying, We only mention the sob na- uh, the SOB's name once a year, and it's when we announce that he's an SOB on his name day. <laughs> Based on his writing and contemporary accounts, Columbus was a greedy, self-indulgent Strunz a jerk-off that gleefully engaged in the enslavement and genocide of indigenous people for personal gain and fame. Based on our organization's position that Columbus is a piece of crap, the organization maintains its position that in- Italian-Americans, as well as indigenous people, deserve a holiday that truly recognizes our heritage and not one that celebrates a jackass. So, very cool statement from the Italian-American trade unionists of America. Not. Totally sure how legit that organization is, but I like the statement they put that state the same statement out every year. <laughs> All right, so we've got our uh, other regular segment, Boss Watch, where we do basically the reverse of last week in Southern Labor. Last week in Southern Labor, we take a look at what workers are up to. In Boss Watch, we take a look at what bosses were up to. And, folks, it's never good. We're going to head over to Oklahoma, where three federal workplace safety and health investigations that followed the April 2023 death of a worker at a Tulsa manufacturing facility found that the company exposed employees to struck by hazards and identified 36 violations, including 25 serious safety violations of U.S. Department of Labor regulations. In its initial inspection, OSHA found an employee suffered fatal injuries during a pressure testing of a heat exchanger. With pressure at 2,600 pounds per square inch, one of the exchanger's plugs blew off and struck the employee. OSHA determined that the company violated the General Duty Clause for not keeping its employees safe. Further inspections at the facility identified 25 serious safety violations related to the following hazards. Failing to keep exit routes free from obstruction, allowing a barrel of flammable chemical to be not grounded and bonded, Failing to have an energy control program or provide related training, allowing the use of powered industrial trucks, slings, and lifting devices that were not in safe operating condition, failing to install required machine guards, not ensuring electrical equipment was maintained properly and in safe operating condition, failing to provide Flameproof proof shields or screens and protective eyewear to welders and their assistants. The agency has proposed a total of about $276,000 in penalties for the three inspections. Accurate Manufacturing Incorporated has 15 business days from the receipt of these citations to comply, request an informal conference with OSHA's area director, or contest the findings." Heading over to Louisiana, the U.S. Department of Labor's wage and hour division found that Loop XLLC, LLC, a residential contractor specializing in pool construction, denied 25 workers overtime wages by paying them straight time rates for all hours worked, including hours over 40 in a work week. The division also learned the employer misclassified three of those employees as independent contractors, denying them eligibility of overtime and other federal benefits and protections. The agency recovered $56,000 in back wages to 25 workers. Construction workers often work long hours in tough conditions, and they deserve to be paid all of the wages they have earned. This includes overtime premiums for hours worked over 40 in a work week, explained Wage Hour District Director Troy Moten. In New Orleans, we encourage all employers to review their pay practices and to reach out to the Wage and Hour Division if they have questions about their obligations. In Guam, the U.S. Department of Labor has debarred a federal subcontractor on Guam uh, from seeking federal fund- federally funded contracts after the department's Wage and Hour Division found the employer shortchanged 29 construction workers at the Marine Corps Base Camp Blaz in Dedito and gave investigators falsified records. The action comes after division investigators determined that Dane's Construction Corporation and Yigo violated federal regulations governing the employment of workers on projects supported by federal funds. Specifically, the division found the employer did the following. Paid iron workers less than the required prevailing minimum wage rate of $14.84 per hour, They failed to pay temporary non-immigrant workers from the Philippines for all hours worked. They did not record hours worked or wages paid correctly. They paid workers straight time rates for overtime hours over 40 in a work week, and they willfully falsified payroll records, knowing they masked their record-keeping violations and failure to provide required wages." The investigation led to the recovery of $106,000 in unpaid wages, including $10,000 in damages for the the 29 affected workers who were building housing units at the base. A 2015 division investigation found the same company violated federal regulations by paying employees straight time rates for overtime hours worked. The division recovered $8,000 in back wages for 17 workers affected in that case. The employer's repeated and willful violations of federal regulations led the department to assess the contractor with $6,750 in civil money, money penalties and to exclude them from submitting bids for federally funded projects for three years. Wrapping up with Virginia, the U.S. Department of Labor's Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs has entered into a conciliation agreement with Daiken Industries to resolve alleged race-based discrimination affecting black applicants at its Verona, Virginia facility. Pursuant to the agreement, Dykin Industries agrees it will pay $100,000 in back wages and interest to 98 black applicants. Daiken will also extend three job offers to identified class members. A routine compliance review by the OFCCP found Daikin Industries discriminated against the 98 black applicants for assembler positions at its Daikin Applied Staunton facility from January 1st, 2020 through December 31st, 2020. So that wraps up Boss Watch. We've got a little bit of extra time. What do you want to hit, Adam? We've got the ZF updates. We've got talking about Decatur. Um, Yeah. Which one of those you want to try to hit?
0: Well, let's just mention Decatur, I guess. And uh, we've got a couple minutes left. And I just want to refer to some of the reporting that is happening there. Um, if that works for you.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to mention, I want to highlight some of the reporting that uh, Coyote Crown with AO.com has put out. Um he had a an article out on yesterday. Well, updated yesterday. It was published on October tenth. Uh called Despite Arrest, Protesters in Decatur vowed to continue in wake of police shooting. And of course I'm referring to the police killing of Stephen Perkins, uh, who was killed at the end of September by the Decatur Police. And um it's just a you know, a, a tragic incident and there have been people protesting basically every day since then. Um, and I'm hoping that next week I can have some more insight on this, on this situation. I've reached out to some folks I know are involved in the protest and, and you know, to get some statements and get, you know, get some perspectives on the ground. Um, but in the meantime, I did want to just highlight the the reporting that Coyote Crown has been doing. Uh, I know that he has been really on the ground, spending time with folks uh, to try to learn what's going on, to see how the community feels. Um, and it's really unfortunate when, I mean, it, it's unfortunate first of all whenever we have violence in our community, uh, but particularly when it comes at the hands of police. Um, and you know this this man was killed in his own front yard Mm. and the people in the community are banding together, demanding justice, demanding action from the city, uh, from Aliyah, the Alabama law enforcement agency. Um, And unfortunately we're seeing continued arrest of organizers and activists. Um, For example, protest organizer, Brianna Watkins said she counted eight arrests for disorderly conduct over last weekend including one for cursing and others for stepping into the street rather than remaining on sidewalks. Now, this is supposed to be a free country. It's supposed to be. And yet, we have armed agents of the state executing people in their front yard, and when his neighbors and his loved ones protest peacefully, they are arrested. And this is happening right here in Alabama. It's... Really disturbing um, one of the latest updates came from the Decatur police who have themselves now admitted that they quote aired when they gave their initial statements uh, because initially Decatur police said that uh, mr. Perkins did not uh, drop a weapon that he refused to drop a weapon Uh, But they have since walked that statement back and have revised their narrative and said, quote, I want to share that in our initial rush to release information to the public on the morning of September 29th, we provided inaccurate information about the interaction between Mr. Perkins and the officer. And that is Police Chief Todd Pinion in Decatur. Um, Notice there's not been a rush to release body cam footage. Hmm. There was a rush to release a statement. That has since been demonstrated to be inaccurate, but no rush to release the footage. No rush to uh, arrest or investigate in any serious way the people responsible.
1: And this is really, just just for a second, I mean, this is not necessarily always the case, but if the police... Because the police obviously can release body cam footage immediately. And how do we know that? Because three weeks ago, there was a band director down in Birmingham that was harassed and arrested uh, and assaulted by the cops. And they felt like the body cam footage would be uh, beneficial to them. So literally the next day, literally the next day, we got body cam footage from that incident. So it can happen. So anytime you hear this nonsense about oh, we can't do it because it's an investigation. It's BS, they're lying. They're lying to you. The cops are lying to you, telling you that they can't release the body camera footage. It's a lie. And you should be upset about that, small government people, anti-tyranny people.
0: Those are our tax dollars at work. We pay for these body cams, right? And we, we pay for the police and we pay for the body cams on the police and they're supposed to be there to protect us and this is what happens and so it's it's a real shame i just wanted to to highlight it uh we had not mentioned it on the show and it's it's a major situation happening here in north alabama particularly you know for listeners outside of our mm. tennessee valley you may not have heard about it um uh and like i said next week hopefully i'll have a little bit more information from activists on the ground about what's happening but uh i just wanted to highlight that and you know, it's it's just, again, a yet another instance of police violence. And I know that that's a controversial issue. I know that that's an issue that, again, maybe is a little bit outside of our areas of expertise. Um, but when fellow working class people are victimized by the police, you know, that's a working class issue. Mm. And that's how I see it. And I think um, when people peacefully demonstrate and they're met with police resistance, that's a working-class issue uh, because we know it happens at picket lines just as well as it happens at protests of police brutality. So, you know, those are just some initial thoughts that I have about it. Um, And, you know, like I said, next week maybe I can have a little bit more, but it's just really despicable, and this comes on the heels of finding out that the killer cop in Huntsville, William Darby, has pled guilty to manslaughter and will not face any prison time is my understanding he's going to get time served he's going to get three years of probation um and you know again uh, while i'm happy that at least that case is over in a sense and maybe that can help the, the family bring some closure um i think that's really disturbing that this this person murdered our fellow citizen and won't face any serious consequences for it uh just really a shame
1: district attorney rob brassard in explaining his uh agreement to a plea deal where the killer cop uh, pleaded guilty to manslaughter instead of murder um he said that this was essentially the same deal we offered four years ago at the inception of this Broussard said the plea offer then and now was in recognition of the job police do every day. I mean, just really gross stuff. Just because, I mean, he's literally saying because this guy who killed, it's, it, he's not even saying that it's because the facts of the case don't support murder. He's saying because this guy is in a group of special snowflakes then he's going to get manslaughter where any one of us would get murder. I mean, it's just, it's like actually sickening. I don't, I mean, it's, I can't, uh, I, I don't know. Sickening, gross, disgusting. That's how I feel about that.
0: It is. Absolutely. So I just, you know, want to send my love and solidarity with the family of Stephen Perkins, with the family of all those victimized by police violence uh, and with all of those who are out protesting and, and using their voice and asking for a better world where this doesn't happen because it doesn't have to happen.
1: That's going to wrap it up for us uh, on the first half of the program. We've got a whole second half of the program. We do, and
0: you want to tune in to Overtime. We've got a great Overtime yep. today. And Find us We on... will open the phone lines for Overtime. Yep.
1: Find us on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, we have a... Um, some folks who have unionized uh, the via started unionizing the VFX industry and the video game industry. We got a couple of them gonna uh, call in, talk to us about that. We've got Taylor Barnes talking to us about Northrop Grumman uh, covering the de- covering up the deaths of two of their workers. Um, going to be playing some clips from a panel that the, uh, UA, uh, one of UAW's caucuses did on the fight for a shorter work week across the, across the globe. So really cool stuff. Um, I was on left reckoning, which is a YouTube show uh, a while back. You can find my, um, you can find my interview where I talked about, uh, the UAW strike and some people online who don't know anything about it. Um, adam was recently on america's workforce um radio podcasts so definitely check those out uh with that we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up folks uh tune into shop talk obviously uh thursday we're gonna have a good episode for you and uh with that we will uh we're gonna head out we'll see you next week if you don't follow us online for overtime and uh we'll see you here in just a second for those of y'all who are sticking around solidarity